Let's all turn to page 242, Victory in Jesus. He is our victory this morning. I tell you what, I'm hurting in my body. But you know what? There's victory in Jesus this morning. I'm telling you, if you need healing, you need a touch from the Lord, there's victory in Jesus this morning. So let's sing about that victory this morning. I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How He gave His life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about His groaning Of His precious blood's atoning Then I repented of my sin and won the victory oh victory in jesus my savior forever he sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood he loved me
heard the sound of the hammer upon the nails. I saw the pain in his eyes as from grace he fell. I saw Mary as she knelt and watched in As his crimson blood of life began to fall And when he died, he gave more than love for me Yes, he did more than simply set the captive free
Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for the life this morning and for the blood that was shed for our sins. Lord, we thank you this morning that the stone was rolled away. And God, we praise you this morning for all that you mean to us. And Lord, we invite you into this place this morning. Lord, let us remember, God, we have come this morning to worship you. We have come to give you thanks for this week. We have come to give you thanks for not what you've done, but what you're going to do. And we offer you the, our sacrifice of praise this morning. Father, come into this midst, and Lord, we bind any hindering spirit this morning, and Lord, we pray for pastor and for the altar call. Lord, if there be one that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, that they would come to your knowledge of your saving grace. Father, we thank you this morning, and we glorify you, and it's in the precious name of Jesus that we thank you this morning. Amen. the God of impossible nothing's too big for my God no 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 i 
there's a peace I've come to know Though my heart in flesh may
Jesus has changed my whole life. If anybody asks you just who I am, well, you can tell them. Jesus has 
faced a mountain that I've never faced before. That's why I'm calling on you, Lord. I know it's been a while, but Lord, please hear my prayer. I need you like I never have before. Oh, sometimes it takes a mountain. Oh, sometimes it troubles me. Sometimes it takes a desert just to get a hold. But your love is so much stronger teacher. Uh, she had uh, stone removed, kidney stone, and I understand she's home and she's doing okay, but just keep praying for her that she'll get back. We got a lot of people that needs to be remembered in prayer, so just 
keep remembering our people. I thank God for the the uh, the day that we're in. I thank God for the Spirit of God that moves today. You know, sometimes when you begin to study something, you have no idea why you're studying it. And I began to look at something this week, and I began to think about it. And here I get here today, because I never seemed to go across that way. But I was almost sitting there stumped at all the things that has been said that's part of my message. And I just felt like that even in the Sunday school, Connie, what you brought up, you read some of the scriptures that I've got. And I know, I didn't even read the Sunday school. I read part of it. I read know where it was at. But what you brought out was good. And, and I thought today when the songs began to sing. How many sees that in the words where it said, and many angels, you'll hear many angels singing. Let me tell you something, another. This message is about something I think that's making a dividing line today in our nation. There's a dividing line. I don't know if you know it or not. We're like on the USS America, and we're getting ready to hit an iceberg, whether you know it or not. And if we don't change our ways and change our direction, turn back to God, we're heading for destruction. And you can think, oh, no, we're America. Well, Israel thought we're God's people. We're Israel. You know what? God is going to have his message brought forth, and he is going to judge by that message. And it ain't me. It's his message. It's what he said. And that's the thing that I think makes the dividing line. And you know yourself today, and I'm getting to the end before I get to the beginning. But at the, be, at the end of this, you're going to know that God says, I have warned and I have warned, but I have drawn the line. He drew the line with Israel, and he'll draw the line with this country. And I'm not picking it, I'm not trying to scare nobody, but you know where you're at. You know what's going on. The title of this I put down this morning, sitting in Sunday school, God's glory, majesty, and holiness demands that those who serve him be holy. Now listen, God's glory, his majesty, and his holiness. I want you to get that in your mind because he ain't never changed. The same God that created all things, that same one that when you look throughout his word, you can hardly understand the magnitude of who he is, the greatness of who he is. I want you to turn to Isaiah, the sixth chapter. I mentioned this before, preached on it one time. But I want to come through this, and I want you to hear something that's in this. Isaiah, the sixth chapter. Isaiah was a great prophet. Isaiah was sent to warn Israel the direction they were going. You know what? God's got a message today the same. Did you know John the Revelator had saw pretty much what Isaiah saw? And I'll get into that tonight. But the truth is, John the Revelator, and you talk about the book of Revelation and how much happened during the book of Revelation, how much the end time is coming upon us and God's going to bring judgment you got to understand God pulled Isaiah, gave him a vision of the throne of God. The first thing happened is he's pulled up to the throne of God. First thing happened to John, he's pulled up to the throne of God. How many sees that? Listen to this. Isaiah 6. 
He says, in the year King Uzziah died, which is about 740 B.C., I saw the Lord, Isaiah said, sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And above it stood the seraphims, which are angelic beings of a high order. And each one of them had six wings. Two of the wings covered their face, two of the wings covered their feet, and with two they did fly. Now, it says in the next verse, And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and the whole earth is full of His glory. Now, if you look back in John, you'll find out that's pretty much, back in Revelation, what John did. He wrote about these same four beasts. He said they had six wings, and they had full of eyes, and they rest day and night, saying, saying Holy, Holy, Holy God Almighty, and was, who was and is and is to come. And when the, those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who lives forever and ever. How many knows God has got servants that serve him? These angelic beings of high order, they are great description upon them, I don't understand. You know what? They're not just typical angels, but they fly at the word of God. Whatever God says, they go. Whatever God says do, they shoot there and go. And they have eyes behind them and eyes in front of them, and they take care of business. They minister. But they also cry holy, holy, holy to him. And, John, and when Isaiah gets to this place, I want you to understand something. It says in verse 5, Then said I, Woe is me, for I'm undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto him, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the, with tongs from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth, and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away. And thy sin purged. How, do, how did God want to do this? What was God doing calling Isaiah up, up there? Number one, he wanted to show him the great holiness of God. See, sometimes we live it our way. Or we give it a little bit. Or we give God a little time. When God says, I paid the price. I am the God of all that has redeemed you, restored you, and I require that you come and see who I am. Because if you see who he is, you won't go where you're going. You won't do the things you're doing. You'll think about where this temple is supposed to be and who's supposed to be in it, what's going on. And it says in verse 8, and I also, and this is where I want to kind of start. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who shall go for us? Then said, listen to Isaiah. Then said Isaiah, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people. I don't know about you, but that's what God's doing today. I don't know what's going on in all churches. But I can tell you, this is what God's saying today. Go and tell the people. Listen to what he's telling them. I want you to hear it. It says, go and tell the people, hear ye indeed, 
but understand not. See you indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert and be healed. What's he telling them? Go tell the people. Go tell the people. He said, tell them. They think they see what's going on, but they really don't understand. If they really seen what God is saying, if you really receive what God is saying in his word, guess what? You'll run scared back to him. You'll run to your knees and fall before him and repent. See, you don't have to have a vision to go to heaven. God has sent someone to tell you to get on your knees and get close to God. Quit toying with it. Quit talking about it. Quit saying, I don't care what they do. I'm doing my own thing. I don't care what God, you know what? There might be shouters in here. There might be runners in here. There might be people that swings on chandeliers if we had them. But the truth is, God's trying to move his people. Why? Because he's trying to show the power and the glory and the majesty of, his, of the God that will change a life. And when you get this inside of your depths of your heart, you won't be the same no more. There's going to be a change coming in you. And somebody's going to look at you and say, where, where did you go? What the same? You don't act the same. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about true praise. I'm talking about a true heart, a true love inside of you. Somewhere in there, God, give me that vision that I see who you are and I love you with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Because something's got to change. On down in John 12 from there, and I'm coming back to that in just a minute. But John 12 says here, he says, but though Jesus mentions, he talks about what Isaiah just said. He said, but though he had done many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him, that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled when he spoke, Lord, who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? That's in Isaiah 53. But therefore... They could not believe because that Isaiah said again, he, he hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted, and I should heal them. Why, is, why am I reading that? These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him, and that's in Isaiah 6, 9, and 10, what I'm reading. Why did I, why did I go there? I go there because Jesus is saying... I'm not going to heal. I'm not going to restore. I'm not going to redeem you until you come to me with your heart. I mean, here's what I'm saying. God has warned back in Isaiah's time and Jesus repeats it. He said, I'm healed in front of you. I'm giving you the message of God, but you hear it, but you don't want it. You're rejecting it inside your heart. And if you don't change your heart and say, God, I'm guilty, I need to repent. Let me tell you something. You can hear these things. You can even come up here and join the church. But can I tell you something? If you don't find yourself in love with Jesus Christ, you ain't got, got enough of it to go forward. 
Get it into your mind. I need to be walking a holy walk because I serve a holy God. It's not about you. It's about him. Let him have all of you. Take up the mindset of saying, God, I am yours and I will be yours every day, every night. Every time I go anywhere, I'm still yours. I got you on my mind, whether I'm out down in Florida or anywhere else I'm at. I got you on my mind because you know my direction. You know my place. Go back up verse 11. Then said I, Lord, how long? Isaiah asked the Lord, how long do I keep giving this message that nobody wants to hear? How long do we keep, does God keep preaching to America? How long is God going to give us? If we can't change in the church with the message, what's the world going to do? We know this is God's word. This ain't Tim Pruitt's word. It's God's word. We have to look at God's word and hold ourselves accountable. Enemy, get away because my God redeemed me. He saved me. He set me free. And he answered, until the cities be wasted without habit inhabited, the houses without men and the land be utterly desolate. And the Lord have removed men far away, and there be a great forsaking in the midst of the land. I'm going to stop right there. But I want you to listen to Micah. Because Micah is about 30 years behind after Isaiah. And I want you to listen to what Micah, the, the uh, minor prophet, has got to say. In the third chapter, the ninth verse, you think the gospel don't match each other? You think the prophets weren't speaking the same words? Listen. Micah 9, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 9 says, Hear this, I pray you, you heads of the house of Jacob and princes of the house of Israel, that abhor judgment and pervert all equity. They build up Zion with blood and Jerusalem with iniquity. The heads thereof judge for reward. The priests thereof teach for hire. The prophets thereof divine for money. And yet will they lean upon, yet will they lean upon the Lord and say, Is not the Lord among us? None evil can come upon us. Therefore shall Zion for your sake be plowed as a field, and Jerusalem shall become as heaps, and the mountain of the house as the high places of the forest. I'm trying to explain to you that the people thought everything's going to be all right. Just hold on. Don't try to make no major changes. Don't make no waves. Don't make no waves in your family. Don't cause nobody to say, I wish he'd shut up about the gospel. Oh, let's not, let's not irritate nobody. Let's not talk to them about Jesus. Let's not talk to them about what God's doing inside of us. If we don't talk about what God's doing, guess what? They ain't never going to see it. If, we don't, if we're afraid or ashamed to open our mouth and say, my God paid a price for me. He sent his only begotten son. He loved me so much, but he loves you too. Don't you know they need to hear that? 
And I want to change a little bit. I want to talk about the glories. It says in Psalm 72. Psalm 72, verse 17. I want you to hear this. Because I can cut it short after this. But I want you to hear this. Psalm 72, verse 17. His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun. And men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Are we doing that today? Listen to me. Are you praising God? Is there a praise inside of you and a, and a shout inside of you that says, Oh, I got to get in the presence of God and I got to praise him. I got to get alone so I can talk to my Lord and let him know how much I thank him and I praise him for the gifts of life that he has given. He goes on to say, Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doth wondrous things. Blessed, verse 19, and blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen, amen. I want you to turn on over to Psalm 19. This touched my heart. Psalm 19. I want you to read the first four verses. It says, The heavens declared the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. Day unto day utters speech. Night unto night showeth knowledge. There's no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. Now, you know what? That don't sound like it makes a whole lot of sense, but I want you to hear something. Here's what God showed me. God showed me that I don't care where your feet are. I don't care what land you're standing on. You can be in America. You can be in Africa. You can be in Asia. You can be anywhere in this world. But when you throw your head up to him, Listen to me. It don't matter where your feet are. It don't matter what color your skin is. It don't matter who you've been raised up by. It don't matter if you're a rich person or a poor person. When you raise your hands to Him and your eyes to Him, while you're looking and praising Him, listen to me, it don't matter about nothing else. Man, when you look down, all of a sudden, everything becomes complicated. Oh, no, but I'm, I'm not able to do that. We don't do that in our neighborhood. We don't act that way. Let me tell you something. God wants you to turn your face and your hands. And when it says this, listen, when it says the heavens declare the glory of God and the firm and shows His handiwork, day unto day utters speech. Do you know that the Lord is speaking to you? Listen to me. He gives everyone some measure of faith. Do you know when you raise your face to Him? Outside in the sky, if you keep looking up, guess what? The, the skies are going to speak to you. The 
Heavens are going to speak to you. There's faith inside of you that begins to rise because you look up and say, wow, who created this whole place? Who put all of this together? Who hung the sun where it's at? Who hung the moon where it's at? Who put the stars at night when you look up and you're out somewhere west and you see how great the stars are and the greatness of God? Let me tell you something. When you're looking and you're thinking upon God and it begins to bloom inside of your mind how great God is, all, all the places in earth, it don't matter where you're standing. You hear what I'm saying? It don't matter where you're standing at. There ought to be praise come out of your mouth. There, there ought to be faith grow by just looking up. I mean, here's what I'm saying. There ain't enough people looking up. The people ain't looking up no more. They're looking out. They're looking at a cross. They look at the preachers. They look at a lot of false teachers and false preachers. Give me the answer to my kids. Give me the answer to my grandkids. Give me the answer to money. Give me the answer to everything. And can I tell you something? There's the answer. We just begin to raise us up when we decide I have to focus on him. Now listen what you say when you put your hands up. It's in 1 Chronicles. David said it. David prayed a prayer, and he praised, and a praise to God. Listen to this. 1 Chronicles 29, 10. Now imagine yourself looking up. Because David was a shepherd, and he obviously looked up a lot of times. But here he's encouraging the people, and he's encouraging his son Solomon. If you read it. But understand this. Listen to these words. While your head is thrown back, I wished I could memorize it so I couldn't have to look down at the paper because I'd like to look up and say this. But it says this, Blessed be, it says, Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thy hand is power and might, and in thy hand is to make great and to give strength to all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee. Praise thy glorious name. Let me tell you something. I don't know what about you, but David kind of got beside himself a little bit. He did. He got beside himself. And he began to shout. There wasn't no talk of David. There wasn't no talk of nobody else. It was all about God. Lord, I throw my head back and I say, Oh God, you're the great I am. There's nothing that you have. And every good thing has come from above. He has done all things for us. And yet, we come to a place, I don't know if I believe it or not. I don't know, maybe it was a big boom. Maybe it's evolution. Four million years ago, this rock was formed. I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I ain't that stupid. God didn't make me smart enough to get that stupid. 
I don't even have to read the signs. Can I tell you? I don't have to read it because I don't made up my mind what's right. And I know some of it, but the truth is, it bothers me because they've got loopholes in everything they say. But my God's the one gets the glory because my God is the majesty and the glory and the power and he's the one that raises things up and he's the one that restores a life. He's the one that can change a heart. He's the one that can take a woman at the well, been married five times, and forgive her of her sin and set her in her right mind. He, she, he could take the, the demonic and he could tear the chains loose and say, you know what? You're free. I clean you up and put you in your right mind. Praise God. It's Him. It's nothing to do with us. It's Him. Yes, God blesses us. Yes, God gives us. He wants us to work in life. He wants us to work for the things that we're trying to do. But all the time that's going on, oh God, to thy name be the glory. Because without you, I couldn't even see. Because without you, I couldn't hear. I couldn't understand. I'd be lost. I'd be falling farther and farther away. Hey, you can have perfect vision. But if you don't have perfect vision with Jesus, you're missing it. This is, listen, all of that is when you look up. See, you have to increase your faith. How do you increase your faith? Start looking up. Look up his word and then look up at him. And begin to talk to him about it. In Matthew 15, 29, listen to what Jesus did. And Jesus departed. This is chapter 15 of Matthew, verse 29. And Jesus departed from thence and came nigh to the Sea of Galilee. And he went up into a mountain and he sat down there. And great multitudes came to him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others. And cast them down at Jesus' feet. And he healed them. Listen to me. And he healed them. You brought him to Jesus. They brought him to Jesus because they believed in him. They knew. He goes on to say, Inasmuch as the, that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and they glorified God of Israel. Praise God. I don't know if they's ready to believe Jesus. But they knew one thing. They knew to glorify God for what was happening. I'm not sure about who he is, but boy, he's got power. Boy, he must be of God. Nicodemus came and said, you must be a man of God. No one could do the miracles that you've done. No one could say the things that you've said. In John 14, I think Bobby read this Thursday night. John 14, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believes on me the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, and that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now listen to me. That's either Jesus' 
is not getting his message right or Jesus is telling the truth. So get, get this in your mind. If you're a child of God and you're living a pure, holy life with him, listen to me, come and bring your petition to him. And he says, you will do these works as I have done these works. How many believes that? See, I look at our churches and I think it's more about entertainment. It's more about how it looks. It's more about, but the truth is, we need to have the lame to walk. We need to have the maimed to be healed. We need to have the eyes open. We need to hear the ears open. We need to have faith in God. And I know we have great faith people here. But hear what I'm telling you. The enemy is the one that says it won't work. You might as well just keep doubting because it ain't going to work. It's either you ain't good enough or somebody standing there praying ain't good enough. It's somebody's fault. No, it ain't nobody's fault except for that we don't believe. Sorry, but I have to tell it like I see it. And you know what? I look at this and I say, Jesus didn't say that for no reason. He tells me greater works than we'll do. And I ain't trying to entertain people with healings. We ain't trying to entertain nobody with nothing. The truth is we only want to talk about what he's doing and what he does through us. But we have to believe. You can believe for your salvation, but you can't believe for healing. You can believe for uh, salvation, but you can't believe God can save your children. Listen to me. God can turn it all around. He could have stopped the Titanic, I believe. Sometimes God brings judgment. Sometimes God brings things down because he's getting ready to do something bigger than life and death in here, in this body. He's doing a greater work. We have to trust him. Now, you know what? I'm just the same as you. I hear the phone ring, and first thing I think of, it's past time. Somebody's. Bad hurt. Somebody's bad sick. I'm going to get bad news, and I hate to answer the phone. You know what? We get this doubt going on inside of our head. Listen to me. No matter what is said, my God reigns. My God's greater. My God has paid all the price, fixed all things for his people. There's nothing our Heavenly Father don't know. Praise God. In Peter 4, or Acts 4, Peter said, Peter and John healed the lame man by the name of Jesus. It says, then Peter filled with the Holy Ghost, verse 8 of chapter 4. I know he did it in chapter 3, but I want to read this one little bit. It says, and Peter filled with the Holy Ghost said unto them, you rulers of the people and elders of Israel. If we this day be examined of the good, they'd already throw him in jail and everything. But listen, he's standing before the courts of the Israelites. He's standing before the, the, uh, the chief priest and all of them. They got him on trial. It says, and if we this day be examined for the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means is he made whole? Be it known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand before you whole. Amen. Praise God. Peter said, get your eyes off us. If you think I'm a God, you're wrong. I'm going to tell you something. I serve the only God. 
His name is Jesus. You crucified him. You took the stone and tried to, you, uh, you, what did it say? Below that it says, this is the stone which was set at not of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Everything's built on Jesus. Everything's built upon him. If it's not built on him, it's not of God. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under, the, under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. One more verse. Becky, you can come back up. One more place. In 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. It says, As every man hath received the gift. You know you've received the gift when you got saved. I ain't talking about your personal gifts, whether you can sing the loudest or you can play the best or, or you can shout the most or whatever. I ain't talking about your spiritual gift. I'm talking about the gift of eternal life that's been given to you. I'm talking about the gift of having the Savior to make him and the Father come and make him their abode inside of you. It says, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God gives, that God in all things may be what? Glorified. You know he's got to be glorified in what you're doing. But you may think, I've got to get my words better. I've got to go clean this up and clean that before I can do that. I've got to go put some better clothes on or I won't look right up there. No, you take your heart and you take the voice that's telling you what to say and where to go. And he will receive glory. Because somebody will hear the truth. Somebody Jesus is reaching out to. May be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Those who praise him and glorify his name is one of the divisions. The other division is those who refuse to come to him. Can I tell you, the great dividing line is coming. Nobody wants to hear this. Israel didn't believe it, didn't want to hear it. People today don't want to hear it, don't want to believe it. But can I tell you, when God sends a message to people that he knows, he already knows what you're going to do. He knows if you're going to refuse. Can I tell you? Did you know what he's doing? He's drawing a line. He's drawing a line. He's saying, you know what? I have warned. I have warned. I warned Israel. And I'm warning America. And I'm warning this nation. Start calling upon me. Start believing in me. Start worshiping him. Did you know we're going to live for, with him forever? Who's the first? I, we were singing that song, Sue, in that tape. That tape me and you Becky put on that time and ran. And I thought to that song, I bowed on my knees and cried holy. I bowed on my knees and I cried holy. Why? Because it was him. I don't want to see my namesake Timothy. Yeah, I'll go visit Timothy in the Bible. I'll go visit James. I'll go visit Mark. I'll go visit Matthew. But I want to see Jesus. 
I want to see the one that died for me. I want to see the one that gave us all life. He's the only way we'll be there. Don't you understand? So don't turn him away. Don't refuse him. Don't let him draw the line on you. Because see, I don't have no idea when I accepted Christ whether I had any more future ahead of me. I could have died as a teenager very easily. No, God was gracious. He forgave me. And he's helped me to learn and to grow up. And I owe him all. And I don't have much longer to keep giving to him. But I need to give him all. Not a little of me, but all of me. I can't do nothing for my wife, my kids, my grand. I can't do nothing for you other than tell you Jesus is the way. We put on my dad's grave down there. Was it Jesus is coming soon or follow me as I followed him? Let me tell you something. That's all parents can give. Your money will probably hurt them more than help them. All your gifts won't help them with him. We have to find Jesus. Everybody stand if you will. There's someone who needs to pray. The dividing line is here today. I'm not trying to scare you, threaten you, but it's the grace of God that we had this day to come to church and to talk of his word and to hear his message. I saw the
said he was aching this morning and hurting I was aching and hurting too a lot of us were but you know what I'm going to live forever 
This old body ain't going to hold me down. There ain't no grave going to hold us down. We're going on the promise of God. On the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're whole, we're pure, we're His. Not us, but Him in us. Praise His name.